Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. Inshallah, today, in today's talk, we will cover uh, some of the incidents after <coughs> the conquest of Mecca. That includes uh, Battle of Hunain. Actually, uh, mostly we'll talk about uh, Battle of Hunain or Ghazbar of Hunain. So, right after uh, uh, the, the conquest of, uh, of Mecca, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he started dispatching some of the platoons to, uh, it, it basically the aim was to, t- uh, to destroy all the symbols of pre-Islamic practices, uh, different kinds of uh, uh, the false gods that the people were worshipping. Uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sent uh, different platoons under the leadership of different sahaba to take care of them. And uh, one of the, the, the <coughs> one of the the group of Sahaba that Rasulullah sent under Khalid bin Malid was sent towards uh, Nakhla. And over there, uh, they used to uh, worship one of the gods called uh, Al-Uzza. And uh, in general, the Quraysh and the, uh, and the Kinana tribes were the ones who used to, uh, who used to worship uh, Al-Uzza. And uh, <coughs> the custodians were Bani Shaiban. And uh, Khalid bin Walid, he went there with 30 of the Sahaba, uh, 30, 30 horsemen, and he he took care of uh, Al-Uzza uh, statue over there. Similarly, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also sent Amr bin al-As uh, towards another uh, false god they used to worship, which was Wa'a. And uh, he went there, and he, when he went to uh, went there and he was asked about uh, uh, the purpose of his coming, uh, and the, the doorkeeper over there, he is this, uh, when he asked him about that, Amr uh, al-Asr mentioned that Rasulullah sent him down there to knock down the, that idol. And that, that was about uh, this play, uh, place, this god was, was worshipped by the tribe named Hudayl. And uh, uh, that was uh, about, it was very close to Mecca, about uh, three kilometers away from Mecca. And uh, when Amr al-Asr mentioned that Rasulullah sent for this purpose, the doorkeeper actually he he warned Amr that he would not be able to do it because for him he was thinking of it as a god, and uh, uh, that Amr al would not be able to pursue this act. And uh, so Amr al was surprised about his behavior because uh, in he he uh, he thought of it as this is becoming very clear to the people that uh, the, the, these idols are not going to be any uh, of any use for for the people. And uh, he thought of it that people would be very receptive and they would understand this by now as uh, Rasulullah already conquered Mecca and uh, the, the tribes in general, they were, uh, they were entering into the folds of Islam. But uh, this response surprised Ahmad bin Aas and Ahmad bin Aas went ahead and it destroyed, he destroyed the, the, that statue the, or the false god that uh, the people of Hudayl were worshipping. And upon seeing this, uh, the, the doorkeeper who was there, he accepted Islam right away because he realized that uh, if it was a guy, he would have protected uh, himself. And if it cannot even protect himself, how can it benefit uh, others? 
So uh, he became a Muslim right away. And another god that uh, was worshipped uh, by, uh, uh, by, by the, uh, the Al-Aws, Al-Khazraj, and Ghassan, and some other tribes uh, was Al-Manat. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sent uh, bin, uh, Sa'ad bin Zayd uh, al-Ashali. Uh, he sent him over there uh, in the same month. And this is all the activities happen in the month of Ramadan, between the month of Ramadan and Shawwal. Uh, and Rasulullah sent him there uh, to uh, destroy this idol as well. And uh, uh, Sa'ad bin Zayd went, uh, went ahead and he was able to take care of that uh, idol as well. And uh, <coughs> besides that, Rasulullah also sent Khalid bin Walid to uh, to a tribe named uh, Banu Jazima, uh, Banu Jazima, and uh, uh, Rasulullah sent with a bigger number of Sahaba over there. And in general, the instruction for uh, uh, for Khalid bin Walid was that uh, not to do any kind of a bloodshed, offer Islam first to the people. And uh, if they accept Islam, then uh, of course they become part of the uh, of the Ummah, and uh, there should not be any kind of a, uh, any kind of bloodshed be done. Uh, this tribe of uh, Banu Jadima, they were Bedouins, and uh, when Khalid bin Walid he entered the, uh, to their uh, area, and uh, uh, the, when he went there, Banu Mushallak, or Banu Jadima, sorry, uh, then uh, these people. Uh, they instead of saying uh, aslamna on the uh, uh, when Khalid bin Walid and the Sahaba they asked him about asked them to uh, offer them Islam and instead of saying aslamna which means that we have embraced they started saying sabana sabana and sabana uh, as we have discussed in the beginning of the book uh, the Quraysh and the Meccans they used to use this term uh, sabi or, or sabana it means that you have you have uh, uh, you have stopped worshipping uh, the idols or you have changed your deen so they were actually saying that we changed our deen meaning they were saying that they have left the idol worshipping and they are entering into folds of Islam so instead of saying Aslam they said sabana sabana and Khalid bin Walid, uh, he misunderstood. There was a miscommunication happened. And because of that, he started fighting with them and uh, a Sahaba along with them. And uh, uh, they killed quite a few and they ended up uh, uh, getting, uh, taking the captives as well. Uh, and actually Khalid bin Walid, he, oh, he ordered that those captives to be killed as well. But uh, some of the Sahaba, including Abdul Rahman bin Awf, they actually stopped him. And uh, uh, when they reached Rasulullah and they mentioned uh, what happened over there. Uh, and Rasulullah uh, he said, he, uh, he raised his hands and he said, Allahumma inni abra'u laika mimma sana'a khalid. That, uh, and he said it um, uh, uh, over and over. And uh, when Rasulullah said, which means actually that, uh, oh Allah, I am free from what Khalid bin Walid have, have, has done. So, uh, because what Khalid did was a mistake. It, it was a mistake uh, in a sense of uh, miscommunication happened. Uh, hence, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam actually sent Ali uh, bin Abi Talib radiallahu an, 
to give them the blood money for all the loss of life happened by this accidental uh, action and uh, all the uh, captives that were taken and the in uh, the spoil of uh, war was collected from them that was all returned back and uh, the blood money for every lost body was given to uh, to, the, to to the family members of the of those people and uh, after the ali radiallahu an after he paid the blood money the amount of wealth Rasulullah gave to to give it to them was actually more than that was needed for the paying of the blood money uh, ali radiallahu an uh, gave the rest of it also to the people and he said in case you are not aware of there was any other loss happened and he gave uh, extra uh, 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 extra wealth to the, the, the tribe just to, to make sure that uh, the mistake that was done by Khalid bin Walid has been paid off. Okay, And then uh, <clears throat> uh, to talk about, so these are the some of the aftermath of uh, Fatah Makkah or conquest of uh, Makkah. Uh, the important thing to understand about the battle of, of, of the conquest of Makkah, of Fatah Makkah, is that this battle that happened between Rasulullah and the and the Meccans uh, or the Quraysh in general, uh, that was one of uh, that was one of the things that the whole Arabian Peninsula or Jazirat al-Arab was looking uh, or watching. And they were waiting for the outcome of this battle that the Sosam was uh, uh, was doing against the Meccans. Uh, the reason was that uh, the Kaaba had a very high uh, place in the minds of the people, and they actually witnessed about fifty years prior to the Fath Makkah, uh, prior to the conquest of uh, Mecca, uh, they 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 they, uh, they saw what happened to Abraha. The one of the kings of the Yemen who uh, tried to uh, invade uh, Mecca or Kaaba to destroy Kaaba, and Allah Azza wa Jal, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, sent down uh, his soldiers, it's a, a Babil that was sent, and they destroyed those people of the elephant, which was uh, Abraha, uh, the king of Yemen, who, who came with elephants to fight against. Uh, or to destroy the Kaaba, as we are aware of Allah Azza wa Jal revealed in the uh, in the surah where He said, "Alam tara kaifa fa'arabuka bi ashab al-fil." That uh, have you not seen? Have you not seen that what your Rabb has done with the people of the of the elephant? So that that was actually a reminder for the Quraysh uh, to tell them that this is the same Allah Azza wa Jal has sent Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam as the messenger. Now, when this uh, event happened because for them they knew that if Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam would become uh, successful in uh, in taking over the Kaaba, then he must be the rightful owner uh, uh, of ruling over over the Jazirat al-Arab or the Arabian Peninsula. And hence, we see after the Fatah Makkah, the results were very uh, uh, clear that most of the tribes they started entering into folds of Islam. And uh, last week, somebody asked me the question uh, about uh, Surah Al-Nasr, for, for, for example, if that surah was revealed uh, at Fatah Makkah. Uh, uh, um, and I talked about that a little bit, and I mentioned that uh, I did not remember exactly the, the, the time of Surah Al-Nasr's revelation. And uh, when I looked a little bit further, I found that actually the surah was not revealed right after Fatah Makkah. Uh, at least that this is what the Mufassirin discussed like that. It was actually Surah Al-Nasr was the last 
complete surah that was revealed on Rasulullah at the time of the last Hajj Rasulullah performed. But it is talking about the Fatah Makkah though. When it says that Ida Jaa Nasrullah wal Fat, that talking about when the uh, victory uh, came from Allah Azza wa Jal, that you see that the people were entering into the folds of Islam in groups, and uh, and uh, the uh, one of the reason that uh, it is mentioned as one of the last surah uh, uh, that was revealed to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is because uh, uh, that surah asked Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to ask for forgiveness at the end. And Ibn Abbas radiallahu an, uh, one of the greatest Sahaba of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi and uh, the one who was a mufassir of the Quran, one of the commentators of the Quran, uh, that he, uh, once he was asked, uh, when actually Umar al-Khattab radiallahu an, was asked uh, that uh, why Umar, when he was a Khalifa, used to, get, uh, to keep Ibn Abbas with him all the time, because Ibn Abbas was young. And uh, among the all the older Sahaba, why does he always keep uh, Ibn Abbas with him? And uh, Umar al-Khattab asked the Sahaba, what do you think of uh, this surah? And everybody was giving different opinions, more about, uh, the, 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 it's about the victory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted to Rasulullah and Sahaba. And then he asked uh, Abbas, Ibn Abbas, what do you think? And Ibn Abbas said, this surah is actually telling us that Allah Azza wa Jal has conveyed to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the message regarding uh, his uh, going away from this dunya that he will uh, he, he, he will be die soon he will die soon because when you have done complete your good actions you're supposed to do uh, istighfar to Allah azza wa jal and this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was asking Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to go and uh, ask, uh, ask for forgiveness uh, and some of the orientalism and mustashrifin uh, they <coughs> They try to use the surah as a, oh, why Rasulullah was asked to uh, ask for forgiveness? Uh, does that mean that he has committed sin? And it's a different discussion. Uh, inshallah, some other time we'll discuss this. But I just want to bring that up, that that is a sign that this is one of the last surahs were revealed on Rasulullah So it is talking about Fatah Makkah, but it's not necessarily revealed at the time of Fatah Makkah. Okay, uh, now <clears throat> let's move on to uh, I was talking about that uh, uh, benefits of this Fatah Makkah or the conquest of the Makkah. So the, 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 this is this was the result of it. So the people saw Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam as a real legitimate ruler uh, for the uh, for, for the Arabian Peninsula, and they started entering into folds of Islam because of the strength of Islam. Many of them entered into because of the strength of Islam. Others uh, entered because of uh, they really thought of it, this is the, the, the true religion, and they enter into folds of Islam. Uh, and, and, and we see that uh, uh, later on, that uh, how it turned out to be. Uh, some of them, they really became very good Muslims was when they uh, stayed in Islam and they saw how Islam was dealing with them uh, or, or, or deals with, us, uh, with the people at large. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, and, and Fatah Makkah even itself was actually a result of Sulah Hudaybiyah. Or the Treaty of Hudaybiyah that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam had with uh, the Meccans, and that opened up Rasulullah uh, the doors for Rasulullah and Sahaba to take Islam to the the areas around uh, uh, outside of the Arabian Peninsula as well. So we have talked about that as well. How Islam started spreading within uh, f uh, uh, when Rasulullah and Sahaba went for uh, for the Umrah and uh, ended up with the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. There were about fourteen hundred Muslims, but when when Rasulullah after about less than two years, 
less than two years, he uh, he went to Mecca to uh, to to open the Mecca. Rasulullah had about ten thousand soldiers with him, and uh, uh, that was because of uh, the doors were open for Rasulullah and Sahaba that uh, helped uh, the Deen to spread so quickly. And uh, not only that, now the Mecca was open uh, in the eighth year of the Hijra, and uh, Rasulullah came with ten thousand soldiers. And right after that, within like uh, 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 after 15 days, Rasulullah was informed of the, uh, the two of the tribes, the main big tribes, uh, uh, Hawazin and uh, uh, and Thaqif, Banu Thaqif. They they were gathering to fight against Rasulullah. So in general, most of the the, the, the tribes they were uh, they they accepted Islam or they they, they broke some treaties with Rasulullah. But these two, uh, these these two big tribes actually, uh, <clears throat> they took the stance of that they would fight against Rasulullah and that was 15 days after the after the uh, Fatah Makkah, and uh, they were gathering, uh, they were gathering around the, they were so they were gathering uh, 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 to to fight against Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and Rasulullah he found out from the Sahaba. That, uh, that this activity is happening. Upon which uh, Rasulullah he gathered uh, an army as well. So, and now this time, the army's strength was 12,000. So see, within 15 days, uh, he came with 10,000 and that army became 12,000, which means that included the 10,000 uh, soldiers that came with Rasulullah and already 2,000 2, 2, more soldiers uh, of Islam uh, who enter, uh, embraced recently uh, Islam in Mecca, they joined Rasulullah as well. So how fast the deen started spreading after the conquest of Mecca, uh, this is the point I'm just trying to make that, and, uh, and that, that's an important thing to keep in mind uh, when we think of Sulaykh Hudaybiya, Treaty of Hudaybiya and uh, Fatah Mecca, uh, because uh, that, that was a resultant of that. Unfortunately nowadays, Many times we find that uh, Treaty of Hudaybiyah is uh, used for uh, uh, downplaying the strength of the Muslims, or to show. Uh, I'm talking about today's perspective, or to make uh, uh, illegitimate treaties, peace treaties, with, uh, with whether it's, uh, uh, it's it's about Kashmir or whether it's about Palestine, and we find like uh, recently. Uh, Emirates, uh, uh, the, the rulers of Emirat, they have uh, they have made uh, treaties with, uh, with with Israel, one of the uh, illegitimate uh, uh, occupiers of uh, of the land of Palestine. So uh, obviously the, these uh, these treaties are not uh, same as the Treaty of Arabia. As we can see, the Arabia was. Uh, uh, was by the command of Allah Azza wa Jal, and the result of Hudaybiya was uh, spread of Islam more uh, faster than before. This is what Allah Azza wa Jal referred to that Fatah Mubina, meaning this was a clear victory from Allah Azza wa Jal. While what we see today, those treaties that have been signed in the name of some time, uh, Sulah Hudaybiya, are uh, uh, not the, the, from any means, they are not any kind of a victory in the favor of the Muslims. Rather, it, they, these are embarrassments, these are defeats for the for the Muslims and the, uh, the Muslim Ummah at large, and uh, and for any uh, anybody who is living there. Okay, now, so move on to uh, the next part of the Seerah of Rasulullah which was after Fatah Makkah uh, uh, and small skirmishes that happened. 
that we talked about whether it was about uh, about the Uzza or Manat or Suwa' uh, or Banu Jadima, Rasulullah sent different uh, platoons to take care of those uh, those small uh, issues. But uh, besides that, uh, uh, in general, now after that, we see that there are two things are happening uh, in the life of Rasulullah which was either there was wars were happening or uh, there were some sort uh, or the tribes were entering into folds of Islam. Uh, that doesn't mean that uh, the people were forced to enter into folds of Islam. I want to just make it clear that uh, it had nothing to do with entering into folds of Islam that as if uh, people were entering into folds of Islam because of uh, they were forced to become Muslim because in Islam it is not allowed to force anybody to enter into folds of Islam. As a matter of fact, it's, it's, it's haram for, for the Muslims to act like that. Okay. Now, uh, so the people of, as I mentioned, the people of Hawazin and Thaqib, they were gathering to fight against Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And uh, they, uh, they were headed by uh, their leader named Malik bin Auf. Uh, he was the general leader who marched to uh, fight against the Muslims. And uh, when he came out, he made sure that not only those people, the fighters come out, but he brought the women and the children and uh, and all sorts of cattle, whether they're uh, whether they're sheep or uh, uh, or camels or anything. So the, the uh, he brought all of them out, and the purpose was he was trying to show off uh, the, his own tribe that uh, how they are going to uh, to get the victory. And uh, uh, when he was about. Uh, uh, so he he came down to an area called Autas, and uh, they camped over there. And while they were camped there, one of their older uh, leaders, and he was a uh, he was a person who knew about uh, he was very very, very well experienced in wars. His name was Duraid bin Sema, and uh, the Duraid uh, bin Sema he asked the people, he asked he heard. Children are crying. Women are uh, hear the voices of women, children, and and uh, and cattle. He asked, uh, "What's going on there?" And uh, he was told that they came with the, the families and all their uh, belongings and everything. So, uh, and he asked about that, uh, and they, they said, "He asked why did they do that?" And he said, "Because Malik bin Auf, the leader among them, he is the one who asked them to do this." So he called up Malik. And uh, he asked him uh, 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 well, what made him do such thing. And Malik said that his aim was to save, to have everybody's family and properties around them, so they fight fiercely to protect them, so they can. They, they, we call now they say what is at their stake. And now, uh, and he says, uh, I swear by Allah. Uh, I mean, the Duraid said, I swear by Allah that you are nothing but a shepherd. Do you believe that there is anything whatsoever can stand in the way of a defeat one, uh, one, uh, or stop him from, uh, from fleeing? So he's referring to, this is what's going to happen, what you're doing. And he said, even if you win, <coughs> you will avail nothing but a man with a sword and a spear. But if you lose, you will lose, you will be a disgrace for your people and you will lose everything. But that did not convince Malik. Uh, for changing anything, and uh, he refused any kind of suggestion. And he, and he said uh, uh, he, he did not accept it. And he said, "By Allah," he said, 
I will not do, do such a thing. You must have grown, as it says, and senile. Because he was asking him to go back. And he was saying, you have grown uh, oh, a crazy person. And he said, Hawazin have to obey me or else I will lean my uh, body against this sword so that it penetrates through my back. And he rejected any sort of contribution of Duray. And uh, uh, on the other side, Rasulullah he was trying to gather the information about what's going on. And he found out the situation. Uh, and uh, uh, Rasulullah gathered uh, all those 10,000 people that he ca- they came with him for uh, for the conquest of the Mecca, and also another 2,000 people. And he left Aitab bin Usaid as the governor over Mecca. Remember, Aitab was the same person uh, who, when he heard about the, when uh, Bilal, radiallahu an, when he climbed over the Kaaba, and he was given the adhan, and he said, uh, he was saying that uh, that's good that his father, Usaid, uh, was not alive to see a day that uh, a, a, a black slave is on the top of the roof of the Kaaba and giving the adhan. Uh, and we talked about last week, and when Rasulullah mentioned him about that, he realized that he is a messenger of Allah, and right away he became Muslim because there was nobody there except himself, uh, Abu Sufyan, and another person, Harith. And uh, Rasulullah mentioned that them how, what conversation they were having because he was told by uh, uh, through the wahi that uh, what conversation happened. So now he entered the fold of Islam uh, wholeheartedly and look Rasulullah right away within 15 days and he made Aitab bin, Us- uh, bin Usaid as the one who is uh, uh, who, who became uh, who left him as a governor over the Mecca when he went out for uh, fight against the uh, Hawazin and the Thaqif. And uh, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was, uh, uh, was going there on the way to uh, Hunayn, uh, where they were expecting to meet uh, the, the, the Faqif and the Hawazin tribes, uh, they passed by an area called, uh, uh, passed by a, a tree which is called Datu Anwat. Datu Anwat is, uh, they, in, the, in the Jahiliya days, what they used to do was they used to hang their uh, weapons on that tree. And the thinking of that this will give them some blessing to the uh, to the weapons. And when the army was passing by, so, uh, some of the army members they asked Rasulullah to make them something like this, so where they can uh, hang their weapons for the barakah uh, as a good omen or something. And Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was uh, angry at them and he said, "Allahu Akbar." Uh, uh, of all, he then said, I, I swear by the one in whose hand uh, uh, is the life of Rasulullah Muhammad that you have just said the same thing as what was said to Musa by his people. They, they said the same thing that to make us a god uh, or a cow, whatever, so they can worship them as well. So he said, You surely you are ignorant people. Uh, so he said, These are the Sunnah. Uh, this is, these are the sunnah, but you will follow and comply with the mo- modes of life of those who preceded you. As we are aware of that Rasulullah has warned many times, Allah Azza wa has warned us many times, not to follow the, the actions of the previous nation, meaning the Yahud and Nasara of Bani Israel. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, we, we find uh, ourselves in the same shoes and we are ending up doing the similar things as the Kuffar over there. They were asking, uh, uh, I mean, sorry, the, uh, the, the, the newly 
Muslims who came into fold of Islam after Fatah Makkah, they were asking Rasulullah to make a tree or have a tree like that where they can hang their uh, uh, their weapons because they were expecting something from the tree rather than expectation should always be in uh, in Allah Azza wa Jal. Our trust should always be in Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So now when they move for moving forward, uh, somebody actually made a statement. Uh, that we shall not be defeated because of the numbers that they uh, they, they, they had. They, uh, meaning they were thinking of, the Muslims were thinking of, we are in a, such a big number. Muslims were never the, such, that big number of an uh, army uh, until that time. Uh, in Ghazwatul Badr, we saw that there were about 3 and 13. And uh, even before Fatah Makkah, the biggest army that we see was uh, of the Battle of Mother. And in that one, Muslims were about 3,000 only. Uh, while here, now there were 12,000 uh, strong Muslim army. So they, uh, somebody made a statement, we shall not be defeated. Meaning, they were thinking of uh, as if, the, uh, as if the, the victory was, victory comes from the strength or the power, unfortunately, at this point, the one who made the statement. And this was an incorrect statement. We understand that. That the victory comes from Allah Azza wa Jal. It's never the numbers that gave us the victory. It, it's, it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we, we, if we deserve the victory, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us. But, uh, 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 but it's not the numbers. But unfortunately nowadays it's always been shown to the Muslims as that uh, how can we say anything about what's happening in Kashmir or Palestine? We are so, so weak. And this is uh, a very sad kind of uh, excuses that we make unfortunately. Uh, from the numbers I want to talk about that we are uh, Muslims uh, have the biggest army in the world if we combine the Muslim armies together uh, it's not the it's never the armies or the weapons that, that brings the victory it's the uh, it's, it's your will what you want to do and what you don't want to do uh, and, and with the will uh, the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes along with it so when it comes to the Hunayn Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he moved on on the 10th of the Shawwal and um, uh, the ar- army of the Muslims arrived in, in Hunain uh, on the 10th of Shawwal and the 8th year of the Hijrah, which is about uh, 19 days from uh, Rasulullah Sallallahu Actually, yeah, uh, a couple of weeks after the Fatah Makkah. And uh, uh, over there, uh, Malik bin Auf, who uh, the leader of the, of the army, general leader among the Hawazin and, and Thaqif uh, army, uh, who came there prior to Rasulullah the army, and they were able to find a spot which was at a higher place, and uh, and they they, they 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 took the place in a way that the army of Rasulullah and, uh, and the Sahaba they had to pass through a narrow valley, uh, and uh, they hid there. And uh, now, when Rasulullah and Sahaba they entered the valley, uh, the army of Malik bin Auf they were hiding, and they started throwing the arrows, I mean, literally, they rained the arrows on uh, on the army of the Muslims. And uh, Muslims were not ready uh, for this kind of an attack, sudden attack from them. And uh, uh, all the Sahaba, except very few close uh, relatives of Rasulullah wasallam, uh, and uh, some of the Muhajireen, the rest of them, they, uh, there's a chaos among them. They started running back. They started retrieving. Uh, and uh, the, 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 there's a person named, uh, it's not clear, his name was Kilda or Jabla. 
bin al-Judaid, he commented like this, surely the magic has grown inactive today. Talking about the, the way Rasulullah sallallahu uh, power was spreading, he was trying to show that, okay, now it looks like it's inactive, this magic is not working anymore. Now, in that situation, when uh, the the lejam of the horse of Rasulullah was held by Abu Sufyan, who was recently became a Muslim, and Abbas, radiallahu anhu, the uncle of Rasulullah was next to Rasulullah and Rasulullah was on his mule. And the uh, uh, Sahaba was retrieving, but now we see the real leadership of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam here, that instead of, uh, uh, he had very few people around him, and there's an army of 20,000 people on the other side, uh, he stood fast. Uh, he was not the leader that uh, uh, he's in the back and the, uh, all the soldiers are in the front. Rather, he was there in the front, and he's the one who stood fast, and he started calling people back. And actually, he told Abbas radiallahu anhu, uh, to to start calling them, and he was saying, "Ana nabi ulakadim," that I am the, uh, the that I, to, uh, truly saying that I am the prophet, and he said, "Ana ibnu Abdul Muttalib," that I am the son of Abdul Muttalib. Uh, of course, his father was uh, Abdullah, but this is another way of you relate yourself to uh, your grandfather, also like Rasulullah also calls himself as uh, son of Ibrahim Islam. Does not mean that he was son directly of Ibrahim Islam. So, uh, from the lineage, it means. So, he said, uh, Ibn Abdul Muttalib, that I am the son of uh, Abdul Muttalib. So, he was calling that, and then he told uh, Abbas, radiallahu anhu, his uncle, to start calling them. Because Abbas, his voice was very loud, powerful. So, he asked him, and Rasulullah himself, he dismounted from, uh, from, 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 from the mule, and he said, Oh Allah, send down your help. <clears throat> and while Abbas was calling, uh, tribe by tribe, uh, calling them by the people who uh, gave the ba'ad uh, ridwan to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi or the one uh, who was from the Ansar, one from the Muhajireen, or any of the different tribes. And the moment he was calling a specific tribe, they were saying, Ya Labbaik, Ya Labbaik, yes, we are present, we are here. And uh, this, the, when they were hearing his voice, suddenly like they were waking up because there was a chaos and they were retrieving. And their animals were actually going in the opposite direction. So the one who were not able to steer back their animal, they actually got off their animal and they came back to, to with Rasulullah and they started fighting. And the way Rasulullah is asking Allah Azza wa Jal to help uh, the Muslimin. And uh, he took the dust and he, he threw it uh, in the air and the, whoever's ear, eyes that the, the dust was going, he was not able to see from the enemy side. The one who was throwing the arrows, they were not able to see, and uh, that helped the Muslims to get back on their feet. And Allah Azza wa actually uh, talks about this victory that came after that. And after that, the Muslims were able to take over uh, the Hawazin and Thaqif. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala reminds the Muslims that لَقَدْ نَصَرَكُمُ اللَّهُ فِي مَوَاطِنَ كَثِيرَةٍ وَيَوْمَ حُنَيْنِ إِذْ عَجَبَتْكُمْ كَثْرَتُكُمْ فَلَمْ تُغْنِ عَنْكُمْ شَيْئًا وَأَدَّاقَتْ عَلَيْكُمُ الْأَرْضُ بِمَا رَحُبَتْ ثُمَّ وَلَّيْتُمْ مُدْبَرِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that on the day of the Hunayn that when you rejoice at your great number that you were very arrogant or being that today that you have big number and you are not going to be defeated and you saw what happened to you that that 
the big huge number did not give you any benefit. وَضَاقَتَ عَلَيْكُمُ الْعَرْضُ And the earth became very narrow for you. So uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding them how Allah azza wa jal actually helped them. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ثُمَّ أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ سَكِينَتَهُ عَلَى رَسُولِهِ وَعَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the sakina, uh, uh, the peace and tranquility to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and the believers. وَأَنزَلَ جُنُودًا لَمْ تَرَوْهَا And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descended the soldiers that you did not see. وَعَذَّبَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punished the, 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 the kuffar. وَذَلِكَ جَزَاءُ الْكَافِرِينَ And this is the reward for the kuffar, the one who are fighting the Allah and his messenger. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has actually talked about uh, uh, only two battles uh, by names in the Quran that Rasulullah and Sahaba fought. وَلَقَدْ نَسَرَكُمُ اللَّهُ بِبَدْرٍ وَأَنْتُمْ أَدِلَّهِ فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهُ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was the better here. That how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given you the victory uh, while you were weak. And uh, same way, if you talk about, uh, so it's not the number. See, Badr, we were, uh, Muslims were very small in number, Allah gave the victory. Here, Hunayn, they were big in number and they were losing everything. And there are many Sahaba Muslimin uh, uh, were martyred actually. According to one of the reports that talks about two of the Muslim tribes were completely wiped out in this battle, in the Hunayn. And the, but Allah Azza wa Jal at the end is the one who gave the victory to the Muslims. And then Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sent uh, uh, different uh, uh, troops, uh, uh, different uh, Sahaba and the leadership of them to to follow the uh, the Taif, uh, the the, the Taqif and, uh, and the Hawazin tribe when they were going back, returning back. And uh, some of the they were headed back to Taif, others were went to the Nakhla, and some went to Autas. Um, and uh, there was a huge amount of actually the spoil of war was collected on that day. One of the biggest spoils of wars. Uh, that because remember they came with pretty much everything that they had. So about twenty four thousand camels were gathered. Over 40,000 sheep and 40,000 silver ounces were collected. This is, you're talking about millions and millions of today's dollars worth of goods were, uh, uh, were collected after this battle. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked the Sahaba to, uh, he left that actually uh, all the spoils of war uh, uh, and he said that it should not be touched until Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will go to Taif and take care of this issue of Hawazin uh, and Taqif first, and then this spoil of war will be distributed among the Sahaba. One of the people, captives who came among them was uh, a Shayma, uh, anha. she was the foster sister of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the daughter of uh, Halima radiallahu anha. Uh, when she came, Rasulullah recognized her uh, by one of the marks on her, and then uh, Rasulullah welcomed her actually and honored her, and uh, she she was let go because she was one uh, among the captives. So uh, uh, I just want to make sure that about the Hunayn, we understand that part of uh, of it that uh, this uh, this battle, even though Muslims were in a huge number, but they were actually started losing the battle. Allah helped the Muslim Muslimin and they were able to turn around the battle. But the one of the biggest lessons for us Muslims should, uh, to, to learn from this battle is the, the, the victory does not come from the material or the number of people or, or the soldiers. Rather, it comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, yes, we have to prepare our best if we are going in the battlefield. But at the same time, 
we should always remember that the victory comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we should always go back to him for, uh, for, for, for the victory. So inshallah I'll, I'll stop here and we'll talk about the, uh, the Taif uh, siege uh, in the next week's uh, lecture. If uh, there's any questions or comments about, uh, about today's uh, topic, inshallah, we'll answer them. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe. Share and tell a friend about IslamPodcast.com.